This is Angela Valenti Romeo, and here I am. I'm hiding behind my logo because it's one of those days. Um, bad hair day. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Colliding Worlds. Today we're going to talk music. And I've got a band here. I've got a couple of the members of We Are Jack Strong, and I am bringing on Dan Scott, and I've got Greg Oliver, and our third member will be coming out shortly. But guys, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Um, we were just waiting for Thunderhoof. Yes, <laughs> you'll uh, you'll be here. He's I think <laughs> he's you mercurial. He's mercurial. He may or may not. Eh, you know, it's it, it's kind of like when I lived in Australia, there were signs on places up at up at Port Douglas, up at the Barrier Reef, would say "open eh, nine ish," which you <laughs> know, if the surf was good, we ain't coming. So forget about it. So, yeah. so tell me about this. You know, you. You've got a band. We are Jack Strong. It's, and I'm going to tell you when you listen to the music, you can find it on Spotify and YouTube and a few other places. It's not what you expect. Well, happy to hear that. Um, we found a a lot of uh, a lot of difficulty trying to figure out what genre we were. We have trouble figuring out what genre our songs are versus uh, it, it, much less what our band is. But it seems that the modern music business is all built around genre. So we call ourselves a new classic rock band, which means to us that all the songs sound like they were done between 1969 and 1975, but they're all being done right now. I kind of resent when everybody wants to put everything in a box it's like check the box check the box check the box yeah. it's like yeah. hi i'm kind of a circle and i don't fit into that box so what do you want me to do <laughs> and but but it's funny when you when you go and you listen to the music and i'm going to play a little bit of it in a moment it wasn't what i was expecting okay and and partly that partly it was because you know you look at people and you prejudge what you think they're going to sound like and that's bad on so many levels. It's 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 almost better when you when you hear it and you let it go and then you meet the personalities. But the music has its own personality. It I found it was pretty it was pretty interesting. It was very calming in one sense and not in another sense. But but what I liked about it was it was relatable. Um oh. and, and and to me there were certain there's certain music that I just cannot I really try. I can't do it. I'm sorry. As much as I have clients who did new age music, I would rather just, you know, pull my hair out strand by strand. It's just not something that I can can wrap myself around. And this was this was something that I could. What I'm going to try to do right now is I'm going to share my screen and we're going to play just a little bit here. Let's see. We're getting there. Okay. And here we go. Hang on there. I've seen this video. 
That's at Winston. It's one of our favorite places to play. Yep. I love the video. I love the cover for this. <laughs> um, never, ready, never ready for Betty. Love it. <laughs> Betty's a little racy. Betty uh, has uh, marches to her own drummer. Yeah, that's the first song we ever released. One of the first songs that we ever wrote and and started uh, performing. That's true. Oh, hold on. All right. We got another one coming up. We're gonna stop that one for a second here. I thought that I thought the video was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, there's. We uh, are. We are, uh, and we do everything ourselves. Um, and I think that's common of most bands. Like we don't have a team of people. You're, you're looking at two thirds of the team right now. And that, that video was, it was, we recorded it ourselves. It was, we had a professional, uh, professional mix the music. And, um, but as far as the video goes, we made all the artwork for it ourselves and produced it. What was cool about watching it and, and listening to it, and we cut it off a little bit, but you guys look like you're having fun. Oh, really? It, absolutely are. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dan, so you're, you know, you're involved in this and you're, you're front and center in that video, dude. Um, <laughs> what, how did this song come about? Well, it's, it's kind of funny when you were talking about the, um, uh, when you were commenting about the genre, it was really interesting because when we got together and started making music, I don't think we ever sat down and said, hey, what kind of music do you want to make? I don't think we kind of said that. We, we played together and learned, you know, did some covers together to kind of get a feel for each other and start learning, learning the way, um, you know, they carry themselves musically. And then we started writing. And we didn't really plan on going in any one direction. So once we had a few songs under our belt, it was interesting to try to kind of figure out what our genre was because, as you said, it, it's it's hard to put in one particular kind of box because we didn't say, oh, let's play classic rock or let's play, you know, we didn't go after that. We just wrote what we felt. We wrote songs about the way we were feeling and about things that were important to us and uh, the things, the messages that we kind of wanted to get out there. And they kind of became what they became. Here's the deal. Music and, and like any form of art is most of the time, there are times when it's not, it's deeply personal. There's always, if you scratch, there's some surface or something there. And any, like any good piece of artwork, it needs a story. And 
a personal story always sounds better, but it, it's hard when you, when music is funny in a weird way because there's so many components. It's not like writing a story. You write a story, you sit down, you write it, you have words. Um, I write a film script. I know exactly, you know, I see how it's going to fit, but music is, can be separated. The lyrics can come apart from the music and each mm -hmm. one can stand alone. That's, so that's it's, interesting. Yeah. It's very yeah. unique in that regard. So is there one of you who writes the music and one who writes the lyrics or is it, you know, a joint effort and. To call it a joint effort is understating it. It's um, yeah. the name of the band is we are Jack strong. And that is to that kind of signifies that we have it signifies a lot of things, but we are a unit, and all the songs are are credited to and written by all three of us. Uh, although the idea for each song will usually come from one person, and that's kind of why we use that moniker, uh, because for instance, "Never Ready for Betty," the song that you just played, liked it. That's a song uh, about somebody who's gotten involved with a woman that they can't really deal with and she's toxic in the extreme. And so they try hanging on as best they can. They even have an idea they could change her. But in the end, uh, it turns out the way those things turn out. None of us want to talk about that being their own personal experience. Uh, with a lot of these songs, it's they're too personal to to portray. If if I were to portray it as myself, I couldn't be as honest as if I as if we may say it's a group composition and uh, and put it out that way. Uh, so our idea is that we all write the songs. We're they're all, they're all of our story, and that way we can make them. When you said relatable, they're relatable because they're true, they're and they're personal because they are, but um, they're the they belong. They're personal. We are Jack Strong, not any one individual. Hey, I'm yeah, going to bring on. I'm um, going to bring somebody else onto this. Look yay, who's okay. here! It's, ah. our, it's our drummer. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. We'll let yes, him. <laughs> he hasn't got the audio working yet. He's got his audio working. We hear him. Anybody okay. hear me? We yes, hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never to the party. Oh, man. <laughs> I had to bring I had to bring in another browser because apparently they don't like Apple. Oh, oh no, I have an Apple. I spent all day my 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 other half of my house has now managed to figure out that he can disconnect himself from the whole the whole internet oh, okay. and i had to i had to go back and rebuild the system i, guess I, I don't stare at the at the green light oh, <laughs> i gotta tell you man i gotta tell you i'm tired of like doing all that stuff so we're we're like sitting here talking about the music and one of the things i found most interesting is it's all very relatable i i did enjoy it and in we were we were starting to hit on the fact that I think anyway maybe I'm wrong, but music I think is different than most other art forms because you can divorce, like I said, the lyrics from from the music and they can each stand alone. Um, and, and that's kind of an interesting to me. It's an interesting genre or or, or field of art because they're independent. Um, or, or do you see it that way, or am I am I like 
you know, having one too many monster sodas here and not seeing things differently. I've heard an awful lot of songs in my life that to this day, I don't know the lyrics to them, but I love the music and other songs that seem to, uh, they exist together and they, you can't separate them. Um, but that doesn't mean that I won't, that I don't, I won't listen to the music or the, or the lyrics, but yeah, it, it, it is, it is possible to separate them because I know I've, I've done it whether I want to or not. Often when we're putting the songs together, um, the, the lyrical idea or the musical idea will influence the other, the other half of it. Like mm -hmm. if we have lyrics that feel uh, uh, very intense or very turbulent, talking about a turbulent time, uh, we'll make sure that the music reflects that. We'll write the music to reflect those feelings. I want to ask yeah. one other question. Let me, I'm, going to, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. And you guys are all, you know, independent people. You know, when I was when I was young and was the chick singer in the backup band, which I will never do again. Um, you, you people, you was like posters, and you pulled that little piece of paper down, and you called up, and you said, "Hey, oh, you know, I'm looking for a drummer. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for a singer." And you pulled that little piece of paper, and you called, and you went down for your audition. And how did you guys find each other? That's easy. Chaz and I were Chaz and I were playing in another band uh, that was a band similar to what what we're doing. That it was a, a trio, and it had uh, it had a single guy that wrote wrote all the music, and he was the lead singer, and he was the guitar player and stuff. And it was at the end of COVID. We'd been together for two years. We rode the road through COVID, and we were at the end of it, and we were at a park doing a video uh, facebook live stream and uh because it was covid uh there was only one person that showed up and that was our friend dan <laughs> with his with That's his wife true. and he's yeah your, your wife showed up and she was a, a across the park they were across the park from us and uh, at the end of it at the end of our show our lead singer said by the way, this is our last show. I'm leaving the band. I'm moving back to New York. Like it was that two days later, next Monday. And uh, so thanks very much. And that's when Chaz and I found out that the band broke up, was at the show. And Dan was the only guy there in the park. And I, I knew Dan from a previous life, but to see him was weird because he, as far as I knew, he lived up in the Bay Area. So there's Dan and okay. And uh Chaz and I, Chaz and I talked about uh, auditioning another guitar player, and we did, and it was not what we wanted to do. And then we auditioned Dan, and that's that was that. So one audition, because be, so we're we're a band because Dan was there. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know you were the glue there, did you, Dan? <laughs> well, I was just really, uh, I was just, uh, I, I like to portray it as I was the luckiest guy in the world because. I lived up in the Bay Area, but, but my wife and I were moving back down to San Diego. And as Greg mentioned, we knew each other from previous, but we had never played music together. So when this opportunity came, and, and then I did the audition, and I was just really impressed with these guys musically. They they were really good musicians, and they were really nice guys. Not, not jazz so much, but, you know, they were mostly <laughs> really nice. And uh, so I just felt 
falling into a really, you know, I was like, well, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And then when we started writing together, <laughs> that's when it really took off for us. So I, so I was just glad that I showed up. So, <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Dan was playing in a cover band in the in uh, um, the in the Bay Area, and he came here to play. A, and we're playing original music. We hadn't written any of it yet. Remember, we, the band just broke up. And we're starting, so we're getting ready to start. So we don't need just a guitar player. Dan's more than that, but we don't need just. We need somebody who can write. We need somebody who's got original ideas. We need. Some, and man, did we hit the jackpot! Right, Chaz? Well, Greg's being a, being a little bit modest there. He came in with like a half a dozen songs already already uh, demoed and ready to go, and uh, we just took we just took Dan and, and said this is where we're going. And then Dan comes up with three songs, so all of a sudden we got nine, almost ten songs in the first week. Yeah, so, and the band we were in before, I was George Harrison. I was the one that was writing songs, but we're not going to play any of them. <laughs> so I was writing them and demoing them, thinking, well, maybe I'll do two bands at once or something like that. But then that band broke up and this band started. So we started off with some of some of both of our songs and uh, worked them up together. Yeah. And once I we think- got them, once we got them nailed down, we we could start playing out at uh, open mics uh, immediately, almost immediately after about, I don't know less than a month, I would say. Wow. We walked into some place and, and played our, our first our first show together. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was it was frighteningly uh, smooth transition. See, that's that's kind of the neat thing. That's when you know it was meant to be when all the little pieces fit together, you know, yeah. it's all the rough edges are you know kind of smoothed out and it's a little it's a little bit easier. There's nothing worse than you know, you've got one person who's the prima donna. You got one person who thinks they're the oh, prima donna. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's it's always hard in, in a group setting. A collaboration is never the easiest thing uh, because you have people have egos, people have have their own thoughts and feelings, and it's sometimes difficult to make them work in a way that's cohesive. You mm-hmm. seem to have you seem to have found that stride with each other. Um, it, you know, I, I, I'm watching the three of you and listening to you talk and it's like, I, something tells me over a beer, you're like doing this with each other, you know, um, <laughs> but I, and that's, and that's so it's, it's interesting because I think you're hitting, hitting a nail right on the head because one of the things, and I'm not sure if this will make a lot of sense, but when you're in a lot of bands and playing with, you know, with other bands that I've been in, there is a certain degree of maybe competition might be the word for, uh, you know, and I'm not sure for what or for attention or you're trying to make sure that you have a, a voice in the band, if you will, or you have a, a role in the band and you don't want to get cut out too much. And I think with these guys, um, I, I've never felt that way with these guys. I've always felt that we are, we all contribute. We all, we're all bringing something and, and there's no way that we could do this without the three of us. There's no way, you know, every song is so, it's so critical that, all three of our parts, four really, uh, when you're talking about vocals, uh, they're all very, very critical parts. And so we have to, you know, we have to play it together and, and do it well. And there, there's not one person standing out front. We've all been in bands where there's one front guy and, and he's running, he's running it and it's his song and, he, and he's making it. And that's not the way we are. Yeah, Greg may be doing the lead vocals, but that doesn't mean that he's the, you know, our parts are just as important as the lead vocals. 
it's not the most yeah the 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 lead vocal the lyric the lead vocal is not the most important part of this band it is the band because we're cohesive because because we write the way we write so that the music supports the the idea of the song is what's important and the way we write brings everybody's talents in to reinforce the idea behind the song and every song is about a moment that people experience that's a relatable moment, like the moment you decide something or the moment you choose to change something about yourself or the moment you discover something uh, about your partner or yourself or something. But you, what you have there's to do... A question, there's always the question of the moment. Yeah. But the thing about the moment is this, and, and this goes back to a song especially, you're not writing an opera. I mean, you're writing something that's that's relatively short. You're you're doing a short film in in basically. You've got to tell a whole story or, or portray an emotion like that, and and whether it's a good emotion or a bad emotion, you you have a limited time, and and how do you how do you how do you do that? I mean, how do you sit there and go, this is too long. This is not long enough. We need this. This is more important. Is it, does it, is it something that evolves just naturally with you all three or does it, you know, I work on it. Dan works on it. Greg works on it. You know, Charles works on it. And you all, everybody takes a stab at it. We write the idea until it's a complete idea and we'll rewrite the idea until it's a complete idea. And we'll write music along with that process. And if we need to add more be, to get the fullness of the idea across, then we'll make it longer. We've got seven. We've got a seven-minute song. Chaz just said it's question of the moment, and it talks about three moments in your life when you realize that you're afraid of things, and that you're constantly afraid of things, and you worry about them. That's one of that's one of the moments. The other one is is the feeling of loneliness. Why do I feel lonely? Am I all? Am I going to be alone? And um, the third one is escaping me right now, but it'll, I'll come back to it. And uh, that's uh, that happens on stage sometimes too. <laughs> but it's it's those moments, and you can you can explore the idea of of how you deal with those moments in, in whatever level of fullness that you want to. What we don't want to do is something that's shallow and, uh, you know, I'll give it a 70 for danceability. You know, I, I don't want to do that. Well, let me ask you this. This is another question here is that, you know, a long time ago, I, I modeled and I had to take every job because I had to pay my rent. <laughs> you know, it was, you know, I got to think about that. Do I have a place to live? That means I got to work. And I was going to school and all that good stuff. And then I left. I walked away from it. Then I decided to go back to it when I was older. I was in my 50s. And at that point, putting a roof over my head was not a consideration. It wasn't important. And it changed how I viewed what I was doing. Is it is it different now? you know when you when you write these songs and you and you're out there performing is it a different feeling than when you were doing it maybe when you were in your 20s and it was more it was to you know pay the rent cover the car and get yourself to the next gig yeah it absolutely is for me it absolutely is for me you mentioned way way back 
minutes ago, you said something about <laughs> us having fun. And, uh, and Greg and I, and Chaz, we talk about this all the time, that the primary goal here is for us to enjoy ourselves. Yeah, we want to be successful. Yeah, we want to play in front of thousands of people. Yeah, we want our songs to be listened to by thousands of people. That absolutely is a goal that we have, and, and we're working hard to reach that goal. But at the end of the day, when I get to get up on stage with these guys and, and play a set and, and you know play some great music that we wrote and that we arranged and that we came up with the riffs and we came up with the you know openings and the endings and the bridge and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's an utter blast to do that. And if we can get paid for it, great. Happy, happy to get it. And if we can get acknowledgement of our talent by other people, that's wonderful too. But for me, it's about having fun and getting to play. And, and that's the primary mission. I'm not doing this for my rent. You, you know what I mean? I'm not doing this because I have to do this. Oh my gosh, I gotta, you know, I gotta pay a bill. So I better go do a gig to so make sure I have the money to pay the, the bill. And and I'm and I consider myself lucky that I'm in that position because I get to play for fun. I think I think when the economic <laughs> pressure is off of you, it changes for some people, it changes how they approach their art um, and how you perceive it. It's it's hindsight. I mean, for the for you for the uh, for your other two. I mean, is it is that that's a, kind of a feeling that this is this is my time to be more me and me, not my time to worry about whether some A and R guy is going to like me. It certainly is for me. I have mentioned several times to consternation of my bandmates that I spent forty years doing something I'd really rather not. <laughs> I always wanted to do this. I always wanted to just play music. And once I retired, I I made a, a, a vow to myself. Never again am I going to get up at 5, 30, 5 o'clock and go and deal with those people for eight hours a day. I'm going to play music and that's what I'm doing. And I'm doing better and more enjoyably than I even expected. Uh, I get to I get to play with these guys with all this great original music, and I've been I'm, I'm involved with with a couple of other uh, projects that are that usually like uh, cover music. Uh, and uh, Jazz is being modest. He's in a uh, a band that covers Beatles songs, and they are amazing. That's Ringo right there. <laughs> We lost our host. No, I'm here. I'm just letting you guys shine a little bit. I can take myself. I can take myself on and off. I am the queen. This is my realm, and all you right. are all at my mercy here. No, <laughs> I can pop in and out of the screen to let you all talk, and and you know I know what I look like. They need to see what you look like. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to answer the uh, the question the other guys uh, answered, and that is, to me for sure, the playing, writing the music, creating it with other people and uh, get it and producing a message, producing a song that has a coherent message that I can look at as a piece of art that I can sometimes look at as a piece of literature. I feel that way about some of our songs is terrifically uh, important to me. To record that music is a very important thing to me too. But if it wasn't fun, if it was if these guys weren't these guys, if it was a, if one of them was a different guy and it wasn't fun, then I'd find another way to do that. Yeah. 
I, 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 I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. And it, it, the situation we've got is pretty optimum that way. And it shows when we're on stage, people see it, people marvel it. Wow, it looks like you guys are having a really good time. It's funny when you watch bands and I've been in and out of the business as a lawyer. And like I said, the chick singer in the band. So oof, you see it from all different sides, but there was always a difference when you, when you watched a group get up there that they liked each other and the way they played with each other. And, and you could always tell it was, um, I, I used to love to watch the Ramones. Do you remember the Ramones and the sure. New York Dolls and all of yeah. those guys? They had fun. They enjoyed what they were doing. And it, it just, it was kind of cool to be around them and, and to watch that. I mean, it, it didn't matter that you were hopping up and down. You didn't really care. You may not have liked the music, but it was a whole different vibe. When you saw everybody, it was fun. Then I would go because I, my old boyfriend was in the business too. And we would go and you'd watch some of these other people and you'd watch their backup band. And these guys were just going through the motions because they were getting paid and they were not, they were not captured by the music. They weren't a part of the music. They were just there doing a job. And maybe if you were sitting in the cheap seats, you know, you didn't notice it, but when you were, when you're up close and personal, you could see that, I don't say on we, but you could see that, okay, in their face. And it, it, it just, it always struck me that this is supposed to be something that's fun. There's very few, there's a play for a reason. There's very few bands that I can separate the music from the band that I can just listen to the music and not think about the band. When the latest uh, Beatles single dropped that now and then song, when that came out, I don't know if you've seen the video, but I wept. I wept when I saw that because I remembered how much I loved those guys. The song, I don't know about the song. I'm not going to comment on the song. It was John Lennon's song. So I, you know, but to see those guys enjoying them themselves and each other the way they did, that's why I love the Beatles. They were, they were awesome. I love the music, but I love them too. I, I have a hard time separating the band from the music. Yeah. And uh, if I don't, I guess that is to say that if I don't like the band, the people in the band, if they if they look like they're bored and uh, not wanting to be there, I don't know what their music would have to be to make me want to stick around for them. Yeah, yeah the, the, the test, the litmus test that, uh, that, that I realized after playing with these guys and other bands that I've been, when you messed up on stage when you're performing and mistakes get made, and when you made a mistake and you had other band members pissed at you because you know you did something wrong and and we don't do it very often but when we do we genuinely find it funny <laughs> there'll be times when like greg and i will look at each other because i just did something stupid and greg's well aware of the fact that i that i did something <laughs> or i'll look back at chas who will go oh yeah i know I, yeah yeah <laughs> and it's it's funny it's funny because 99 percent of the time the, the audience didn't catch it anyway the only, I, the only person who's going to acknowledge it is, you know. The that's, that, that's the thing, though. You're right, though, because sometimes you, you make these mistakes and you're like, oh, my God, the whole world sees it. It's like, nobody noticed. Right. And you're like, 
<laughs> but see, like this, is, this is this is a seventh instead of a D or D minor seventh. Yeah. Greg heard it. I Dan, I noticed. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so no. He'll look at me and he'll know that I know that he knows that I know. <laughs> yeah. But see, now it's your job to like you know cover that mistake. I meant to do that and just keep on going. <laughs> do it again. Yeah. Damn it! I did. Do that, so. <laughs> You gotta love stuff like that. That's when it's fun, you know, when you when you when you can make a mistake and be yourself and know that somebody's gonna crucify you at the end. Yeah. But I think right. what I'm gonna try to do now, I'm going to attempt once again. You missed it the first time, Charles. I am going to um play play another um video that I have from you on YouTube. I wasn't able to download these for, for whatever reason. It could be copyright reasons or whatnot. Mm. Um, but if we're going to hold on, I'm going to share a screen and I'm going to play. Maybe I have started the wrong browser like I did. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to say, now that was a whole different vibe than what we heard before. Yes. And I love the artwork. <laughs> I like the way you cut in. I like the way those two girls kind of morph into one. Uh -huh. um, it's a very different. How do you go from one to how do you go from that song to the one we put before? I mean, they're not. I can speak. I can speak. I can speak directly to that song. Okay. At the uh, when COVID came, Chaz and I were in a band together, and it stopped the world, mm -hmm. and it stopped it stopped us from being able to play any place. It a lot of the venues. Uh, we didn't know if they were coming back mm -hmm. after they closed. A lot of the people that we were connected with in those venues got other jobs working fast food or housekeeping or whatever they do. And so we weren't connected anymore. And I was very angry. So I wrote a set of lyrics that in which I imagined myself standing in front of some imaginary court describing that all these things are natural rights. I have all these natural rights to do these things and you can't suspend my natural rights. And that's what that was. So, and that's, and, and to juxtapose because it would have come across angry. I uh, used the most fun music I could to try to balance that out. What's wrong so, with being angry though? At, I didn't want that song to be angry. I have other songs that are angry. 
No, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> there's the thought. There's no anger or darkness coming out of any of yeah, them. Yeah, that's I don't feel it makes sense. <laughs> but you know, this is this is the best part about being an artist, I think. You you have another outlet to express a thought, your feelings, your emotions. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it is when you do it, it's a forever thing. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing, and, and I this is my my greatest thing, is when you're an artist and you commit something to paper or you know, tape or whatever, when you create something, you've you've captured a moment in time, you've created a forever, and there's a responsibility that you undertake as an artist when you do that. And in, in, in music, again, like you say, some music lives forever. People know Beethoven. I mean, Beethoven's been dead a long time, kind of like Frank Sinatra, although people seem to seem to think he's like going to come back tomorrow. Um, <laughs> it lives forever. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think about that, that, it's, it, that you're creating a, a, a legacy of sorts? You know, it is important, and it's it's funny that you mentioned that because when I when I start writing songs, when I come up with an idea for a song that I'm going to bring to the guys, one of the things that I found is as as I kind of okay, I, I have this idea, and I want to talk about this, you know, this situation in life, and and you have to start asking your okay. So before I talk about it, though, I have to ask myself, what is it that I'm thinking about this? Okay, so this happened. Now I start having to ask myself a lot of questions as you're trying to come up with the lyrics, because what does that mean? Okay, I want to say this feeling. Well, how do you say that feeling? You have to actually, you have to actually start defining how you feel about something even deeper than you already thought. Because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I'll think about stuff just so deep. But now when I'm writing a song about it, I realize, oh, I, I have to go way deeper. And I like what Greg said earlier about how we can take ourselves out of it because it's no longer me necessarily talking about myself, but really talking about this mythical guy named Jack Strawn or other people who likely have the same reactions to, um, to events in their lives as I do. So I can kind of like start asking, how would someone feel about this? Not necessarily how Dan feels about it. How would someone feel when this happens? You know, when he gets broken up to, or like Greg said, when, when things are taken away during COVID or what is it about it that, that makes it an important thing to talk about. And so that helps flesh it out for me. And I think those kinds of, of reactions are internal and are going to be whether they're the same reactions that people have in the year 2023 that they probably had in 1945 or 1955 or 1975 or whatever, and will probably have 50 years from now. The same reactions to the same events that happen in our life how do those make people feel and how can I encapsulate that in some kind of a lyric and, and add music to it that's going to that's gonna make that lyric seem more relevant? Yeah. Are you going to say something, Charles? Like you're about to jump out of your seat there. No. <laughs> I don't like my chair. <laughs> but you, but you, but again, it's like when you're sitting around in the, and you're creating this music and you have something to say and you're all involved with it, everybody brings a little bit of prejudice with it. Every, they bring your own experience is going to taint how you look at something. And when you're writing about some things that love lost or like you said, you know, COVID changed the parameters, changed everything for a lot of people. I mean, 
how do you how do you balance how do you balance all of that? How do you balance three diverse experiences, three diverse opinions, and and make it into into something cohesive? And you said you 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 sit there and you talk and you flesh it out. Is there ever is there that time where someone goes, "Yeah, way off base there, dude. Come come back, come come back to us now." Or I guess you know? there have been those times, but we do a thing that I think of as braiding. Uh, like if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen girls sit around and braid each other's hair, we braid each other's ideas, or at least I try to do that in the conversations that we have about those things. Like uh, somebody will bring a song into, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play it together a few times. And some, then we'll start questioning the lyrics because we're trying to figure out how the music should go. And uh, somebody might raise that that's, that that's not the way I see that lyric at all or something like that. And that lyric might get changed to, to fit what we all can and, and support. But it's, like I said, we're trying to get a, a message across about a moment <clears throat> and the things that go through you in a moment like that. So everybody's ideas contribute. Has there ever been a song or that was just ultimately finished but was just too painful or too personal to to um, let come come forth into the public i'm going to say yes and no cuz it's like yeah there is at least one but it's but we did it anyway you bring it anyway Charles was which nodding one, his head. Which one, which one was that, Greg? Uh, question at the moment was very, the lyrics to me were very personal. And uh, it was revealing a lot about how uh, small I felt at the moment that I was writing that. Yeah. And that um, I had learned to, I had taken a position that the way I'm going to get through life is just to distrust everything. I'm going to question every moment. Well, it may have been personal, but it's universal enough that I definitely identified with it. And that's, that's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite songs that we do. That's why we persisted. I mean, that was the reason to persist with it because it, it worked at such a high level and Jay's contribution to that oh, song yeah was uh, we have a, a friend named Jay uh, McGarity, who's a terrific saxophone player in your neck of the woods in Nashville. And, uh, and uh, he played saxophone on that, that song for us, just like he did on Natural Thing, the video, the, the sax player in that. And he, he so brought it together. He so expressed, he and I worked a lot on what he played. And uh, it was so sad to me. It was so meant so to me. It meant exactly what I was feeling. He said what I was feeling with his saxophone. Yep. So uh, we did it anyway. But I would submit, though, uh, that that song, uh, probably for a variety of reasons, it is. I don't particularly care that as a sad song. Um, no, it's not. And I think we, because of what we did with it musically, you know, the lyrics are really important. Greg brought some really poignant lyrics to the table. But the way we played that, especially when Jay came in, 
it's not a sad song at all. And it ends, it ends uh, halfway through that song. It's, it's a rocking song that I take is a much more optimistic uh, end to the question of the moment. And the lines, because musically they're backed up very well, I think, it's much more optimistic song. It's not a sad song by any stretch, in, in, in my view. You know, no, it's well when you when you when you come to terms with how you feel and you go, that's the whole point. I know what this now I know what this is and I know how I'm going to go forward. You're bet even even if it's I decided I was going to be uh more more questioning, more guarded as I went forward. And that's not how I ended up. But that's how that song ends up. That song ends up at that time in my life when I made that decision and I could move forward. So I went from not being able to move to being able to move. And that's a good thing, even though I'm not done yet. I don't think anybody's ever done moving forward. I think what happens is, is you go through your life and things happen and you stop, you start and you think it over again and you you make decisions thereafter. I mean, you, you don't yeah. get through life without scars. And if you have no scars, you've never had a life. That's right. And, and that's, and that's where I think something like music comes in in any type of art, but, but music, because you can take it with you in your head, you've got that song, you've got that, the music, it, it will take you someplace or, or give you something hope or or it lets you it lets you go through your sadness i used to laugh with alanis morissette had that song you ought to know yeah right every guy i know hears that song and they run for cover and they hide yeah. my ex-husband used to hear that song play and he would leave and he would tell my brother just leave food by the door and run don't <laughs> don't talk don't engage just run you know it because it captured it captured a feeling that was universal at a time when you're going through something you think you are the only person in the world whether it's a happy moment or a sad moment or or a turning point moment and and the sad thing is is that we all go through those things yeah and and the 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 aloneness factor is very real for some people in art and music or a way for them to say, I'm not the only one. And you, someone else can share in your angst and your anxiety and say, okay, it's not, it, it's, it's going to pass, or I'm going to be able to do something more about it. And you guys as musicians and writers have, like I said before, you have a very powerful and very strong position and there's one that's not to be taken lightly. I mean, I I don't I don't believe that it should be. Um, well, and I think that there's uh there's something to be said for, and this is by no means disparaging to to a young musician, young lyricist, young songwriter, because the, you know they can write wonderful songs and, and wonderful lyrics. But because we've been around the block, you know, we we've got some you know some miles behind us, and we've been through a lot more. Um, you know, I'm a different, completely different person than I was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, 10 years ago. I'm a just completely different person. And mm -hmm. I, I'm writing lyrics now that I never would have been able to write, you know, back then. And again, that's not a bad thing. I would have written different, you know, and I did write different things back then. But now it's a more, dare I say, mature. It's a more mature outlook and a little bit more, um, you know, understanding of situations and a little bit more. I got a better 
grasp of what I'm really feeling and what I think others are really feeling about. And that's about the miles behind us. That's absolutely about the miles behind us. I laugh sometimes when I listen to, and I love Adele, but Adele and Sam Smith, and they write these songs. I'm like, my God, you're 20 something years old. Yeah. How can you, you know, what? I, my 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 uh, my partner said, what's ever going to happen when they get to be happy? My like, oh, 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 what they're going to do? You know, it's like they they're living off their angst. And but I I I look at and I listen to the music, and I did. I went through, and I I was fascinated by the artwork. Is fascinated by the music. And one something I thought was very cool on your website. You have on your website, if you sign up, you can get the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you remember in the old days you had to go buy the sheet music because you, <laughs> I have more sheet music than I care to think about. But I like thought that was a really thought that was a really cool aspect of it. Because you know, you're, you're, someone's going to be thinking there's you know a bathroom on the right when it's a bad moon on a rise. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> well, was, we why uh, <laughs> the the lyrics uh, the lyrics are how how we explain the music. I think. Yeah, I'll go along with that. I like the, that though. The music makes you feel a thing. And the lyrics are what we were thinking about when we were feeling that. Like you said, on the website, it's We Are Jack Strong. And you go there and there's you sign up, you can do these things. And there's uh -huh. that one little part, though, that says you get the newsletter, you can find out where they're going to be playing. And it says you can get the lyrics. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. You yeah, know, like if they sign up, we'll send them the lyrics. And I as like a matter that. of fact, if they well, say ironically, we're we're really proud of some of those lyrics. I gotta tell you, there's some songs that we have where Greg has written some lines that I, I love some of the lines. And they give and, me all the credit for this stuff, but it, this is this is stuff that we work on. They don't know I listen to I listen to them when they talk. I try not to let them catch on that I listen to them when they talk, but I do. <laughs> are, you sure you, are you sure you guys are brothers? You're not siblings, right? <laughs> And some of it finds its way into the music. Yeah. yeah. I thought that yeah, was like, when we perform sometimes and, and Greg will be singing something and I'm over on my side playing the guitar and like mouthing the lyrics sometimes. I'll find myself mouthing the words because I'm not singing the beat right now, Greg is. But you know, I'll be mouthing because there's some really good lines. We're I mean, I'm just pragmatically saying we're really proud of a lot of the a lot of the lyrics that we have some of those lines are really cool lines we were able to take a pretty pretty complicated idea and get it down to five words which as you well know is not an easy task not an easy task at all it's not just bringing it down to five words it's not it's bringing it down into a lyric and a lyric is like a poem it has a certain beat Right. And you you yeah. cannot change that. I mean, mathematically, it's got to be this, and you can torture it all you want, but you're still left with just this thing that you have to play with. And 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 that was kind of an interesting interesting thing. But I really love the fact that you could get the lyrics because then you're well, not guessing. You you make up your own as you go along, and you're not right. And I I thought that was kind of cool. The other thing I thought, in looking at it, and I'm going to put some of the stuff up here just so we can take a look at it. Um, the artwork. Oh, thank. Yeah. Who, who, who is behind all of this artwork? And and it's 
I thought it was it's pretty it, it's pretty amazing when you look at it. And then cover art is a lost art. When I was a kid, because I'm going to date myself, you lived for the album cover art. You know, there was a whole poster art in album art was just so cool. And then it went out to CD and wasn't the same. You know, it's yeah. just. But these are, I mean, the work is just is just stunning. Is this, is this a collaborative effort or how does um, it come about? Kinda. It's these are all AI generated images. Uh, I, it's it's my job. They've, I they gave me the job of doing this. So, I, uh, I may I I use the AI's. Uh, stuff to do it with. I take the lyrics from the songs and I distill it down to an idea and I create all the AI prompting to do it with. And it generates images and we go through it until there's uh, the image that fits the song properly to, uh, to use as cover art. I mean, it's, it's stunning. It's just, it's just stunning to me. Um, Thanks very much for that. And it makes you want to, you know, go a little bit deeper into into what's there. I mean, you've you how many albums or EPs, however you want to describe it, how many are are available right now? Well, uh, we release one a month, and there are eight out right now. Uh, after uh, November twenty fourth, there'll be a ninth, and then a month after that, there'll be a tenth. Okay, and we can find you, you again that you from the website. You can you can find the music on Spotify. You can find it on YouTube, which is what I've been using. I've been going to YouTube to play the videos that we had here. Um, you've you've got we're a new. On, we're on all the out. We're on all the major DSPs. We're on forty something DSPs, but yeah, uh, Spotify is one place you can get to everything through our website. If you go to our website, there's links to get you wherever you need to go to get anything. Cause we, we just want people to get the message and uh, we've made that available. Now, when you play, when you go out and you, and you play at a live venue, um, that's not the same as being in the studio. We all know that. Um, it's Thank not. You. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're going to get when you play a crowd. You know? That's true. Like, like I said, my my singing experience was by default the chick singer in the band and the default wedding band singer. Oh, shoot me, please! <laughs> you know, it's like ah, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> There's like no um, endless love again. What a surprise! Oh my god! Oh, the chicken dance! Oh my goodness! Oh, and the drunk. And the drunk groomsman, as you're flashing your diamond, going, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged. Like that doesn't seem to stop them, you know. No. And I know that they're to have a good time, but um, <laughs> you never know what the crowd's going to be like. And when you go into and you play a venue, and and do you know what? You, does it run the gamut? I mean, do you have? Oh, it, a, I'll tell you. I, I, if I can answer this one, it's kind of a crapshoot at the beginning. It's always a crapshoot at the beginning because we're a new band that uh, is playing all original music. We have, like I said, we have eight songs out, but we've got 25 songs written that we play at every show that we, we do. So, uh, and we're writing more all the time. We're in the process of writing seven right now. Um, 
so we're, we're going to be playing music that nobody's ever heard in the room unless they're fans and they've been to shows before. And that, by the way, was the inspiration to give the lyrics out because we I'd see people singing the song and they're mouthing the wrong, they're sitting right in front of me and they're mouthing the wrong lyrics. And I want to, I want to tell them, no, 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 no. but it, you don't. You want the Mitch Miller bouncing ball. Greg was correcting him. In the middle of the show, he'd start correcting him. Never ready for Betty. So, so the, we have had remarkable success winning people over as in during the course of a show. And that's been, uh, I think that's because of our, we all have a lot of stage experience and uh, we have that factor that we like each other and it, and, and it's apparent. And uh, so we're inviting them to come on a fun, kind of a fun ride with us rather I've, than there being a gulf between us. I've always liked going to venues where there's original music and live music. Um, every, there was a phase where everything was done by a DJ and, yeah, everybody had everything on their eye on their iPod or whatever. I, I I prefer going to a venue where it's live music and where mistakes happen, Dan, just in case, you know, you mess up that chord, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have any personal experience with that. Oh no, no. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like if you're getting the lyrics and you're like, da 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 oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it, it, there's something there's something infectious about that. And you don't get that always when you go to a club and it's, it's the same thing you hear over and over and over again. It's like, if I can see happy one more time, oh, yeah. you know, it's a great yeah. song, but you know, that was like a bazillion years ago. Let's do something else. Um, and, and I think it's harder. It's hard to play, to find venues that will take live music, original music. It is, it is harder to find them until you establish a reputation. And I understand it. The songs that the cover bands are playing are hits. By nature, they play hits. So taking the quality of the song out of the equation makes it a lot easier. It's a high-quality song. I'm playing a hit. The only challenge left is to play it in a way that people like. In other words, and that's generally judged by playing it as close to the original recording as possible. So if you can spend enough time in your room playing it just like the recording, you can go out and do a pretty decent job if you can put a show together. There's other parts to it too. And I don't want to denigrate cover bands. That's we play lots of places. We play lots of places cover bands do. Chaz is in two cover bands. I've been in cover bands. Dan's been in cover bands. That's what we do. But that's not what we're doing now. And there's um, something about presenting your music. We have to make them hits for people to like them. And that's a whole different challenge. Uh, that's a challenge that talks about promotion, how, how we do promotion. Cause that's, I'll tell you what, 95% of the time I spend on this band is spent doing that kind of work and not doing anything with any of these. Um, I spend all, all my time on the internet. One of the things that someone said to me a long time ago is, you know, when I, I said I worked, worked in the business in a different capacity, I, um, I owned an art gallery, I worked with artists, I was a lawyer, and, and people's like, well, I'm, you know, why, why, why am I not? Why is this person, you know, so famous and I'm not? And, and I've always had the same answer, and it's a sad answer, but it's the truth is that you can be great 
but without the right promotion, without the right PR, it's hard to get heard above the noise. And the internet is one of those, you know, sword and shield type of things. There's so much clutter online now that to to rise above the noise is very difficult. And when you can, I mean, I, I, I had another show I said, and I was like, the first couple of views I had were 200 views. I was like, okay, that's cool. Then we got 13,000. Then we got 120,000 views. I'm like, oh my God, you know, Elvis has left the building. I'm here, man. I'm here. <laughs> it's like, it, but it was a long time coming. Now you're, you're dealing with two things and against, again, it's original music smaller number of venues that will that will attract it and and frankly you know again it's like we're a certain age and you know it's it's like oh you know younger generation and you've you've got all these little hurdles um how do how does how does someone like me help you get over those hurdles and have you have you heard and seen well that's um there's three ways you can help a band, and that is on their if you go to their social media and you like and follow and share uh, what they post, what they do, if you comment, those things are important to us. If um, if we have if we have merchandise, which we do, uh, it's not available on the website yet, but it will be soon. Uh, if you want to buy a t-shirt, go ahead and buy a t-shirt. That's how you support. That's how you support us. Go to the shows. Go to the damn shows, mm -hmm. and uh, and in, and enjoy the music and bring a friend. That's 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 the support. That's what we live on. And uh, that will grow us. And as we grow, there's an audience for every band. I believe that firmly. No matter what what think of a band that you listened to recently that you just thought was crap. You thought they were awful. I'll bet by virtue of you hearing them that they've got a million people that think they're great. Mm -hmm. There's an audience for every band. So, so long as we're true to our message and you, you mentioned the, 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 uh, the fact that we're older, the message only is the message because we're older. People write love songs that are 20 years old because it's easy to get your heart broken <laughs> and, they're and they're universally and they're universally relatable. Figuring out what to do when you're 50 years old and you're finding out that going to work every day is killing you and it's scary and you don't know what you're going to do. That's something you don't understand when you're 20. That's a song we can write about that they can't write about. So, so we have a different message and it, it covers, I think, a big audience, but not one that's easy to reach. So if you like our music, odds are people that are your friends will like it too. So share it with your friends. That's, that's the answer. How I found you. And when I, when I was posting that I was bringing back this show, my cousin, first thing he did is you got to find this band. And my God, and I, I respect everything my cousin Donnie says. The man is amazingly brilliant. And he's like, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, gotta hear these people. And I'm, I'm in Nashville. I'm not, I'm no longer in California. And I probably wouldn't have heard of you had it not been for somebody else saying to me, 
you got to listen to this band. That's the way it happens. Oh, I love that. And Don's Don is a big fan. Don, I was uh, when we were mixing our first songs, we were getting them mixed. I was sending them to Don to listen to, to uh, because somebody had to hear it, and I was doing that a lot. So that if I thought you like it, well, maybe if I thought you wouldn't hate it, then I'd send it to <laughs> you. <laughs> and uh, that's how we got our first twenty or thirty people to follow us. We've got a few thousand now, but it's, uh, it's baby steps. Yeah, but it's a word of mouth thing, and and it's it's it's. It's hard, like I said, to get heard above the noise, but the website, um, we're Jack Strong, and from there, it takes you to all kinds of links. It takes you to YouTube, it takes you to Spotify, it takes you, you know, anywhere and everywhere you want to go, and you can find it. You you post where you're going to be playing. Um, yes. People can find can find that. Um, there's, but, a, there's a page that we're building. These guys, we've all done videos recently of us explaining in the 20 or 30 seconds what each song is about. And uh, so I'm the, the, the website is a living thing and we're adding those videos to the website so people can go there and maybe hear a live version of the song, get the, get the lyrics, watch a, a, a video about the song uh, and, and hear what the song's about all in one place. To me, the coolest thing is, and for what I do, okay, I love, I love doing this podcast TV show. I love, I love it, because um, you get to meet the people. Um, it, it, it's, it's different when you watch, you, you hear somebody sing, and you, you're like, wow, and you have visions of. It. But when you, when you have an opportunity to sit down and talk to the person who created that, that song, who wrote those lyrics, it changes. It changes your perspective, I think, on on the on the project, on the piece. It it gives it it gives it a different angle that you don't necessarily think of. Um, and, and to me, it, I think that's that's the greatest thing. Having an opportunity to talk to you all is scratch the surface, and there's there's more to it than just what I'm hearing. There's a there's a backstory that I think is important for people to know. Um, and there's a forward story too, because it's like, okay, we did this, but that doesn't mean we're stopping. We're still going to keep going. And it's very ambitious to release something at the, at the pace that you're talking about. Yeah, it is. Um, it was a, a conscious decision that we made that once we broke into the public, we wanted to stay in the public rather than release an album and then wait two more years to have a material for a second album that we wanted to drip in once a month and say, we're here and here's some new good stuff. And when you talk about being able to talk to the musicians, we're the first people at every show and we're the last ones to leave. We hang out with the crowd before we hang out with the crowd after mm -hmm. uh, because we love those people. We wouldn't really, I, I talk a lot about delivering the message but I want to deliver the message because I like the people. I want them to have a, a better go of things than some of us did. You know, I, I'm going to shows over the course of my lifetime. I always enjoyed it when after it or before it, the artist was available um, to come in mind. Penn and Teller are one for some reason. They're, 
the magicians, illusionists, whatever, after every show. And I saw them before they even made it big. Show's over. They stay until that last person gets their photograph, their autograph, their whatever they want. And they answer any, any question, no matter how stupid. They stay until the end because they appreciate their client. They're, and then when I was a kid, I used to go, I saw Seals and Crofts. Mm-hmm. And Seals yeah. and Crofts, at the end of their concert, would say, if you would like to stay after and they would talk about their faith and whatever they never did it during the show they always brought something afterwards and you could stay and then they became human they became real people it changes how you look at things right Um, and i think i think it's important and i think something what this is for me to give to you an opportunity to have people see who you all are and to hear you hear your voices, I think is to me a really just a, a great experience. Well, we very yeah. much appreciate that. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you, it's 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 interesting because that's that's it's a two way street because a lot of times after a show we'll be talking to somebody, and and most of the time I'm happy to say they're they're complimenting us and telling us things that they like. But it's important to hear because that that influences you know, our next step. It's good to know they really like this song, or I really like that part of it, or I really like this, you know, guitar riff, or whatever the heck it is, because then we're a little bit savvier about what the, you know, what the public likes. Because you know, you don't get a lot of direct feedback when someone listens to your music and says, "Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Great. What did, I, I want to ask them, what did you like about it? <laughs> you know, how did you? What did you think of that bridge? You, you know what I mean? And, and when you talk to people, they'll they'll tell you. A lot of times, people will have a conversation with you about it, and that and that um, educates you on on you know your, your you know our ability to to maybe change things a little bit on the next time next song we write. Maybe I'll add this or not do so much of that or something like that. It's a, it's funny that when you hear someone talk about it, and 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 this will be so leading me into another question here. Um, I do artwork. I was an artist, and I would go and at a show, and I would be looking at my work, and I'd hear people talking about it. But they don't know that I'm the one that created it. Sure. So they would tell you, you would, they would see something that I didn't necessarily see in it or hear something that I didn't necessarily hear. And it made me look at what I did differently. Has that been an experience for any one of you with your work? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just, I just mentioned that we were do, did a series of, of uh, videos with, Chaz and Dan and myself separately describing what a song, what a particular song was about. And uh, some of the songs that, for instance, I started with the idea, I had Dan describe or Chaz describe what it was about. And they got it, had a different interpretation of it than I do. And that's fine. I mean, that's, I don't want to sound trite or anything, but I'm done with the art. When I wrote it, when I, when I wrote mine, I'm done. Just like when your paint, when your paint's dry, it's done. It means what it means. Then you put it, the message in the bottle and send it out in the world. And it's, it's for interpretation. It's otherwise I would have taken a picture. I like it when somebody sees something or hears something that I hadn't anticipated. And that's kind of like a cool feeling. And I got to think, especially with music, again, like I say, because you've got the music and you've got the lyrics, and they can both trigger emotions differently. Yeah. You know? 
when somebody gets something out of it, if it's the same thing I meant or something different than I meant, it just doesn't matter. We're kind of going steady because we've been in the same thought space. We both looked at the same thing and came, and came to a conclusion about it. So kind of in a weird way, we're holding hands anyway. And we've had this conversation when we're writing songs. It's actually kind of funny because we'll be writing songs. Greg and I have done this work. We'll all have written a line and, and Greg will say, so what you're saying in this line is this. And I'll be, no, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. And, and he's always wrong. We got to change. <laughs> well, I don't know if we have to translate it into more simple words for <laughs> more than a couple of syllables. But, yeah. It sounds like a married couple. No, yeah. you're wrong. You're, you're just wrong. Yeah. I know that's what you <laughs> think you mean, but you're wrong. You'll have one idea of what you're trying to say, and, and you think you hit it right on the no. It's obvious what I'm trying to say. And they're going to be like, well, this is what I'm hearing. And you're like, oh, well, maybe I need to tweak that a little bit. <laughs> you do a lot of active listening. Right, active listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you really meant. <laughs> and and as the singer, sometimes I'll say, use less words. Yeah. <laughs> what he really means is less syllables. I guess. Oh my God. I'll tend to write you know, 10 word sentences. Right. Seriously? Seriously. Yeah. There's, there's 23 syllables in this line. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is there somewhere I'm supposed to breathe? Yeah, right. No, no, breathing's overrated. Yeah. I, I had I, one time I interviewed a band up in the Bay Area, and it was the same deal. I mean, these they the, the words were like super califragilistic and kept going on and on, and they were esoteric. And I'm like, okay, I'm really glad you went to college. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> however however and you're yeah. like oh my god it's like it was so torturous and you're like but as the singer i'd be like i'd be the same way <laughs> i have to say i've enjoyed our time um anything you need right us to know? You. yeah huh? thank you oh this was good i mean it took us a while we had a had a couple of bumps along the road but that's life um yes. What is it that we didn't let everybody know? What is it that they, they need to know about you? We I think we let everybody know that Facebook is We Are Jack Strong, all one yep. word. Instagram, the same thing. We Are Jack Strong, all one word. The face, the, uh, 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 let's see, the website is We Are Jack Strong, all one word. It's, it's easy to find us. Um, YouTube, Spotify, all that stuff. You can find us using We Are Jack Strong, all one word. And uh, platforms. Yep. I will say when you type in We Are Jack Strong, it, it's not like I have to go through 87 variations. Nope. You come right to the top. It was it was great when you you picked a you picked a name that fit you, but you also picked a name that was, you know, <laughs> friendly for the, you know, for Google search words. Um, I, I, I'm going to say that, you know, I thank my cousin Donnie for recommending. Um, and I can't, I can't call him Don. He's always going to be Donnie to me. He'll always be my <laughs> little cousin, you know, um, I'm, but I, I, I did enjoy the music. I, I enjoyed going through the website and looking at the artwork. Um, there was something universal about it. And when you close your eyes, it could be anytime, anywhere, anybody. And it would be hard pressed to find a soul who couldn't relate to some of it. 
Um, you know, some people live charmed lives and have never experienced hurt or pain. And I kind of feel sorry for them because yeah. they, they really haven't lived, but I, I did enjoy it. And, and, and the cool part of my saying that is this is my show. So I didn't have to interview anybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it's good to own the equipment. I can do whatever I want, <laughs> but I, I did, I did like it and I did enjoy it. And it really was a pleasure to meet all of you. That's and, awesome. Thank you very I, much. Yeah, and, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks. We really appreciate giving us an opportunity to, to chat a little bit about this thing that's pretty important to us. I'm going to say the same thing to, that I say to everybody. Just let me know what's going on and we can we can push it out to our our followers and our people. Um, and this will be... You know, well, this this interview is going to be available on all of those same platforms. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be wherever. So, the more eyes on it, maybe it brings more ear to it as well. And I, well, I truly thank you all. There will thank be you. a link. There'll be a link to this interview on our website too. So I'll I'll, I'll give it to you. you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you all for being. This is Colliding World, and you know, you never know what we're going to do. You never know who we're going to talk to, and I hope. I gave you a little bit of an insight into something that's really cool. We are Jack Strong. I truly enjoyed their music, love the artwork, and enjoyed every moment talking to these guys. Have a great one, and I'll see you at the you know, next, next time around. Take Bye -bye. care. Thanks so much. Thanks. Appreciate it.